0: Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chapalu. The NBA season continues and the Lakers are no longer a part of it, but this is I Love Basketball. So Raj and I did watch the play-in games tonight. Raj, how did you enjoy NBA basketball without the LA Lakers?
1: Uh, Man, we're really gone, aren't we? Our season's really really over. It it really sunk in today. You know, we Mm should have been preparing as the 9-10 seed we should have been on a flight to New Orleans. We should have been playing today, uh, but we weren't. These were two fun teams, Serena, so, We are. We should have been there. There's no way that the whole world should have been watching the San Antonio Spurs on national TV. Like that should not have been happening. It should have been LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves. You know, getting his his first playoff reps in. Uh, but they were fun games. Uh, first one no, it wasn't that fun. Obviously, Atlanta sure. blew out. You know, Charlotte, who again, I think last year as well, they got destroyed in the also got blown out well. by Indiana. Um, yeah. But yeah, second game was fun. San Antonio made a fake comeback. I think we know how those feel. <laughs> and uh, the Pelicans and Brandon Ingram got his first, you know, when like the player holds the ball at the top and the whole crowd kind of stands up, you can feel like that mm-hmm. playoff intensity. I was so happy for him. I was rooting for Brandon Ingram, not technically rooting for the Pelicans. And a lot of the Vikings don't want to root for him, but it was cool seeing Brandon Ingram get his moment. And I thought that's what that was.
0: You know, I think I read on Twitter that this was the first national TV game for the Spurs all season. And oh, I think wow. what they meant was like, it was the first ESPN or TNT game for the Spurs all season. Cause I don't really count NBA TV games as real <laughs> national TV games, but you know how many national TV games the Lakers had this year?
1: Oh, I think it was no, at least more than this half. is
0: including NBA TV. So, cause I couldn't separate, but uh, this is including NBA TV
1: at least 50.
0: No, no. It was 43. Oh, okay. 43. Do you want to guess what the Lakers oh, no. record was in those national <laughs> TV games?
1: We don't have that many wins anyway. And I'm so guessing the NAS- Just to
0: put it out there, the Lakers finished the season 33 and 49. We played 43 national TV games. What do you think our record was in those 43?
1: So I'm going to guess 11 wins in
0: the 43. Oh, wow. You were more pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually 13 and 30. Oh, okay. Uh, I did this exercise with my brother earlier today. He guessed 20 and 23. <laughs> Oh wow! Clearly, he loves the Lakers more than we do. (laughs) Yeah, thirteen and thirty in national TV games. So I do understand why a national audience is like, yeah, maybe I'm done with the Lakers. (laughs) That's that's a pretty bad win percentage.
1: (laughs) No, that is that's pretty awful. Yeah,
0: three hundred maybe. Um, what's thirteen divided by forty three? Let's see.
1: There's no need. Oh, that is, that is awful. Let's do
0: a little math here. Um, yeah, a, a 30% winning percentage. So I, I was spot on there. Um, what that does mean is that we did have a winning record in non-national TV games, but also those are the games that nobody wants to watch. So <laughs> the fact that we were only 20 and 19 in non-national TV games when we were basically like those are the Thunder and Kings and Spurs and Rockets and like those are the games that we finished 20 and 19 in. That's a real indictment of how bad the Lakers were this year. But yeah, I just figured I'd throw that number out there because uh, you know, the Spurs are 0-1 in national TV games this year, but is that worse than 13 and 30? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy watching that team play. It's like and like you said before we started recording, we're better than that team. At least we should have yeah. been.
0: I, <laughs> I felt that watching this game. I was like, there's no reason that the Spurs should be here ahead of the Lakers. Like <laughs> maybe they put up a better fight, you know. Um, the Lakers have been atrocious in a couple games against the Pelicans this season. There's no denying that, but I mean, I'm watching Josh Primo and Josh Richardson and Zach Collins comes in the game. And even like Lonnie Walker and Devin Masell, like none of this is really exciting me. Like I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie and I'm not enjoying watching this. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know,
0: the Spurs earned it. They earned it. And now they get their extra ping pong balls because they're not making the playoffs. So kudos to the Spurs. Kudos to Becky Hammond, whose season actually gets to end before the start of WNBA training camp. I was a little worried about that when the Spurs made their comeback, but here we are.
1: <laughs> Greg Popovich, maybe coaching his last game. Like that was maybe. can uh, you never know? I think he loves the game too much to kind of walk away from it, but we'll see. That could have been his last game. It's it's just sad that we weren't there, but it, I mean, it
0: turned out to be kind of a fun game. CJ McCollum was fun to watch. He was great. 27 in the first half, uh, just reminds you that he's just one of those guys who's a playoff bucket getter, right? Like I think the Lakers yeah. did an excellent job on him in the playoffs in 2020, but like, just give him a little bit of help, you know, a little bit more <laughs> than Gary Trent and Carmelo Anthony. Sorry, Melo. And, and like, good things happen to our <laughs> <CJ. laughs>
1: yeah, I was watching this game. I was like, yeah, we were not beating this new Orleans team. Like, I think yeah. we're better than the San Antonio, but I was like, yeah, we're not. We had no answer for Brandon Ingram. We had no answer for CJ right. McCollum. Jones, Valanciutas as well. The Pelicans would have won. And that crowd was crazy tonight. Yeah. As well. Pelicans crowd looked good. They're... I'm interested in that Clippers, you know, Pelicans game. Do you think Me that's too. close, Sabrina? Do you think that game goes down to the wire? The Clippers
0: wire? went one and three against the Pelicans this year. But they, but they just did beat them win by The by last 30. game, mm-hmm. significant margin within like the mm-hmm. last 10 days or so. Uh, basically, the Clippers are going to do what they always do and put like Nicholas Batum on J-Val and just mm-hmm. have Zubach guard, Jackson Hayes and kind of Rome. Um, but I mean, we saw Anthony Edwards, just like cook, whatever defender the Clippers threw at him. And most of the time that was Marcus Morris. I mean, they're going to have Ty Lou gets a ton of credit deservedly. So for the job that he's done with the Clippers this year. And I think he gets a ton of credit for the job that he's done in playoff series in the past. Yeah. And I think Ty Lue is an excellent playoff coach in a one game situation. I was not impressed with Tyloo yesterday. I thought he made a lot of mistakes. I thought they had an excellent game plan for cat. And then, oh yeah, this is where I else, disagree. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they leaned on Marcus Morris way too hard in that Anthony Edwards matchup. Um, I thought they put the ball in Reggie Jackson's hands a little mm-hmm. too much, which I get. He's the only like de facto point guard on this roster. Um, they relied on Norman Powell more than I would have for a guy who's playing maybe his fifth game with the Clippers all year. Uh, so I wasn't, Super impressed with Tyloo yesterday. I don't think he's gonna make the same mistakes against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans are a big physical team, right? Like, think about who they start. They start CJ McCollum, Herbert Jones, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valentunas. Like that's yeah, six three McCollum, and then everybody else is six six, six, seven plus. Like that's that's a 2020 Lakers type starting lineup. That's big. And um, that's like a hard advantage to overcome. Like the Clippers are. If I were them, I would just start small immediately. Like this is not a zoo game. <laughs> just like
1: oh, really? use That's your advantages
0: as much as possible. Because, like we saw, the Clippers get better in playoff series as they went along. But the running joke was the series doesn't start until they're down two nothing. Well, <laughs> you know, hello, you lose two games, you're not in the playoffs anymore. So you can't really afford to do that if you're the Clippers this year. Um, I think the Pelicans could put a little fear in them. I don't know that they have a perfect guy to guard CJ unless Paul George takes that job, which I think he would do a yeah. like job on it. But like, do you want to give him that responsibility when you also have the defensive responsibility? I mean, the offensive responsibilities that PG also does. And like, if he's guarding, um, if he's guarding CJ, then like, does that mean Nicholas Batum is guarding Ingram? And then if he's guarding Ingram, then who's guarding Valanciunas? I guess Marcus Morris take that responsibility, but like, I'm not super enthused with Marcus Morris's defense. So like, there's ways that I could see this working in new Orleans's favor. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think because of the home court advantage in Los Angeles, because of the fact that like the Pelicans got a little, a little scared, you know, in that fourth quarter, like it got closer than it needed to be. I would still lean towards the Clippers, but I would not be surprised with either outcome.
1: I was so glad that Minnesota won by the way, the other day, mm-hmm. because, uh, I just think like, I love the plan, but I think a team that was 10 games over 500, you know, having to play a one game to be in the playoffs. Yeah, they deserve to to go right into the playoffs, right? They have a, they have a 10 game lead, uh, a 10 game over 500. I think this game is so interesting because both teams aren't, you know, they don't, they're not what their record says they are, right? Like if the Clippers have Paul George, Norm Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, all year, they you know they wouldn't be two games over 500 if the Pelicans had CJ McCollum all, all year. Forget about Zion, who's I think still out for the series. But yeah, so CJ threw McCollum. down a
0: 360 dunk pregame just for fun, even though he's not ready to play.
1: He still looks a lot bigger than I think he's supposed to be. At least seeing those seeing those videos, it's um, um, as big
0: as Zion has ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, they, uh, if they had CJ all year, I don't think they'd have the the win loss record that they would. No, it's interesting. I think Tyloo had too perfect a game plan against Minnesota. Like it worked too well, right? Like I think his game plan was geared toward Towns, and they completely shut out Towns. They had they were in his head. Towns was awful, and then he fouled out. And then it felt like everyone just played more free. D'Angelo Russell, twenty nine points in that game. D'Lo, um, and then Anthony Edwards, they had no answer for. But I think this game is interesting because I think you can throw Herb Jones on Paul George, and then CJ McCollum, Brandon Herb Ingram Jones hit tough shots.
0: Puts PG in hell, like. I think back mm-hmm. in November when the Pelicans played the Clippers the first time he blocked him just like flat footed on a three pointer. And I was, yeah I was stunned. I was like, I don't know who this kid is who was playing for New Orleans, but I do know that Paul George is one of the very best jump shooters I've ever seen. And he's got so much length and this kid just like took the ball out of the air. Like it was nothing. Um, but sorry, I'm interrupting you. But yeah. Herb Jones on PGs right. it's maybe a perfect matchup
1: no Herb Jones is awesome he could make you know all defensive team you know this year I don't think he will but you know he can make it all defensive team it's like it's it's so awesome watching Brandon Ingram man when I watch him obviously you get AD so obviously you can't complain about the trade mm-hmm. but you don't get this Brandon Ingram without that first two years where he just was able to do whatever because you know Luke Walden gave him the ball and he was just able to get all the rust out right get all the you know the young young players uh The young player actions that they do out like he's just throwing it all over the floor. He didn't have his mid range game so he's able to pull up from whenever and just get all those shots out of his system. And now he just like he looks like a pro right he looks Mm -hmm. like a pro score it's just cool to watch his development his passing tonight like he had some like drives where he wasn't just reading the defense but he was manipulating it Mm -hmm. and finding Herb Jones in the corner. It's cool to watch him grow. And like I said, I'm not rooting for the Pelicans. I'm rooting for Brandon Ingram. Those are two separate entities to me. They just <laughs> happen to be uh, playing on the same team, but it's it's, like
0: LeBron James in the 21, just 22. like LeBron. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and then Larry Nance, I forgot Larry Nance was on this team and same, he's, uh, same. and, uh, not a really big tonight. part of this team, <laughs> which is so weird. Cause like, it feels like he would fit so perfectly on this team, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really get the minutes, but it's, I'm excited for this playing on, uh, on Friday.
0: Yeah, so you brought up Brandon Ingram. You brought up D'Lo. Um, the Clippers also have Avicii Zubac. Uh, you were going to ask me this, but I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Uh, which is which is the baby Laker that you just have hated watching thrive elsewhere?
1: <laughs> so I don't see you. I know you have a different answer. I don't know how it's not Avicii Zubac. Like, I don't okay. know how it's not. Because at least with all the other young ones, save Alex Caruso, because that was recent and we were Correct. already good by the time and he we left.
0: we got nothing for him. <laughs>
1: Yes, but Zubac, we gave away for zero reason. We got Mike Muscala back for a playoff run that we didn't make, and then he eventually never shot well with the team. At least I don't think he did. I know his numbers. Yeah, his numbers say he shot like thirty something percent. I didn't see it. Um, but uh, and then he goes to the other team, Serbia, and not only is he good, he is an elite rim protector. He is an elite drop coverage big. He is an elite finisher. They go to him on mismatches. He's always had the touch. Um, but now he's like, now he's just like a, the perfect big to me. And yeah, he gets picked on a little bit. I think DeAndre Russell picked him and pick and roll a little bit, but like, he's like watching him hurts the most because we gave up, we traded him for no reason. There was
0: Agreed. no reason, no
1: reason to trade him. So he's the most painful, but what's your answer to this question? Cause I'm interested.
0: Number one, I hate that there are so many possible answers to this <laughs> question. There are way too many. Like, I can go across <laughs> the entire landscape of the NBA and I can find six different teams that have my baby Lakers thriving on there somewhere. Like,
1: it's a maybe good It's point. Kyle yeah. Kuzma,
0: you know. Like, admittedly, we won a title with Kuz. I think, like, this was a good next step in his future. But, like, I'm just watching him be a rock solid role player who can, you know, fill up 30 any given night. Like, I miss that, you know? Sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not D'Angelo or someone tell you, I was never a LO guy. <laughs> I don't miss D'Lo. But you agree that good. trade was
1: awful. You agree that trade? I was don't awful. agree
0: that trade was awful, actually. Oh. I think at that, the time. At the time. Know, I don't think it was awful. I think that really? uh the amount of value that the Lakers got back is actually pretty good relative to most salary dumps. Like the fact that they got Brooke Lopez, who was a good center. If they'd kept Brooke Lopez, it would have been better. <laughs> Locked, yeah. Then... Um, but and then they got the pick that turned into coups. So
1: sure. Um mm-hmm. uh,
0: I, I didn't hate that trade at the time. I actually wrote a really like long piece for uh Silver Screen and Roll analyzing like the type of compensation that most teams get in these salary dumps. And it was significantly better for the Lakers than most teams. So I, I actually, liked up, Lakers, but, mm-hmm. and I was never a DLO fan. So, okay. um, I mean, probably like that was a, the wrong idea to have because Delo's good. I don't know that he ever deserved the all-star appearance that he got in the Eastern conference, but like, yeah, they don't win that game without him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's, uh, it's not Jordan Clarkson. No, nah, it's really not. He's, he's a perfectly fine player who, It's a team that I just Mm -hmm. enjoy. Do not enjoy watching (laughs) Larry Nance, Josh Hart, you know, whatever. They're fine. I loved Lonzo. Absolutely loved Lonzo. He's not exactly thriving though. So it's hard to, you know, really rue it because the injuries were always an issue with Lonzo. And unfortunately the injuries remain an issue with Lonzo. Yeah. So I feel badly for him because I really love watching him play. It just, you know, he, the body's got to get right. And we're not quite there yet. Um hmm. I think it's Ingram. I really think it's Ingram because okay. like we had the sequence of three straight number two picks, right? And every year I was more and more disappointed that we didn't get the number one pick. <laughs> but here's this one guy who actually like could be best player on a team, I think. Like I don't know if he's he's not there yet. Obviously not. Um I don't know if he ever will get there, but like
1: best player on a title this, team, you mean?
0: Yeah. Best player on like a, I'm going to say conference semifinals team, you know? Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, Like he's, he's just got something about him, like an it factor and like his size and like all of the different things he can do on the court. And you talk about what he learned when he was on the Lakers, like he was such a good defender those first two years. And if he can ever dive back into that part of his bag and add it to his offense, I don't know if it will happen because most guys, when they start becoming offensive option. Number one, they never go back to defense, like cough, cough, Russell Westbrook, but, um, I just, he's the only star I think we've given away. Yeah. And so that's sure. why it hurts the most to me. Like, I get it. We got Anthony Davis. Obviously like I do not regret making the trade, uh, one bit because I love Anthony Davis. It's just, he's a Duke guy and he was on the Lakers and he looks incredible and like, just based on my basketball sensibilities, like a big guard who does what he does. Cause like, I know he's a wing, whatever, but like just a guy who can handle the ball and score and do all the things that Brandon Ingram can do is I miss him. Even though, again, I love Anthony Davis, but I've gotten to watch Brandon Ingram a lot more than Anthony Davis in the last two years. So it's a little frustrating. <laughs>
1: No, I, I totally, feel, Brandon Ingram is the, like, is my favorite player that we mm-hmm. lost for sure. Like, I feel like I was on Ingram Island with me and uh, Mike, Mike Garcia. I can't remember he was
0: leading that second unit with Lou Williams and oh, Tariq Black yes. and Larry Nance. Just great time. They,
1: they had a game against the Knicks, I think, where he had like his best kind of overall game. He was on the second. I remember mm-hmm. he started that game, I forget, but he was young. He was super skinny, didn't have any, you know, couldn't really get to he the was basket. He so
0: skinny. I love the yeah. guys that are so skinny and then put on weight. <laughs>
1: yeah i miss i miss him a lot and he's turned into an absolute star. it's, it's absolutely painful to watch like he's a star for new orleans and he's not going to go anywhere um him and zion i think are going to be great next year it's tough because zion
0: we... play for new orleans next year i don't even know
1: yeah that's fair that's fair. <laughs> we don't need it's to tough. go
0: into that i'm saying so many nice things no. about pelicans right now we can just stop
1: <laughs> it's tough because we watched brandon grow up you know you remember mm-hmm. those like i forgot who put him on there but they they were comparing him to uh I think one of the Hernan Gomez, Juancho uh, Herman Gomez, one, someone had him like under Juancho Hernan Gomez in the like 25, under 20, Jesus. under 25 or something list. And
0: I just remember how BI got up for every game against the Warriors because he loved playing against Kevin Durant and yeah. he brought it in those games. Like we <laughs> played the Warriors way better than we should have given our talent level relative to their talent level.
1: Do you remember the 2018 summer? And then I I believe that's when... The Brandon Ingham for Kawhi rumors, right? Right. Is that 2018 or is that 2019? That's 2018. Yeah. That's 2018. Okay. And I remember Doris Burke and, and Doris Burke, who actually called this game tonight. Um, she's like, I don't care who you put in the Ka- Kawhi trade, I'm not training Brandon Ingram. And that was like crazy to say in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Were you on that side? Were you on the don't no, trade I was running? not on that side. I was
0: <laughs> okay. to get Kawhi Leonard on my team side. <laughs>
1: See, I was on the Ingram side. I was like,
0: well, we, you know, we have LeBron James. It I want to see him. With also Kawhi. at this point that I thought that LeBron wouldn't come unless there was a second star.
1: Okay. She ended up was,
0: he ended up coming anyway.
1: Yeah. But I oh, do okay. remember
0: these trade talks surfacing even before okay. free agency yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I was of the, you do anything to get Kawhi Leonard. This man has been a finals MVP. I don't care if it was a deserved finals MVP or not. Like this man has proven what he can do. In the NBA Finals, get him on your team. I don't care what it costs.
1: Well, like I still I stand wa-
0: by it if we could get Kawhi Leonard give away of everybody.
1: No, oh, yeah, for sure you do that. But I remember watching
0: give away everybody, like the
1: Celtics, right? Like Not to give Celtics praise on a Laker podcast mm-hmm. is not what I'm trying to do. But like they get to watch Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and they got to watch him kind of grow, you know, into. Stars mm-hmm. like you saw them from the start to finish, and now Jason Tatum's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, obviously, you know, all star, not a superstar, but he's an all star. I think that's an awesome thing to see, and I, you know, I love watching LeBron and AD. But they were LeBron and AD when they got here, right? That's they're already themselves. I think it, there is a part of fandom I think where it's cool to watch, which makes Alex caruso leaving so frustrating because you get like you gotta you gotta piece of that you saw a guy grow into a championship role player but uh, I think like that's where the Brandon new kind of love started for me and now he's on another team flourishing
0: I would agree that it's really fun to watch players grow I also think that the Celtics thought that they would have been more successful with the group they have had so far and mm-hmm. if they had had Kawhi Leonard I think they would have been more <laughs> successful than what they've been in the last five years so sure. yeah. you know there, there's two ways of going about it I get that mm-hmm. I think the Celtics could have you know Sort of traced a nice middle ground because yeah, you have to give up Jalen Brown, but maybe you still get to keep Jason Tatum. And so you get mm-hmm. to keep one of the guys who's your, you know, homegrown star. <laughs> right. And then you also get the addition of like, yeah, a ready-made superstar who's just a killer and eager to help you get back <laughs> to the finals. Which is why, like, the 2020 team is nice for me because like, yeah, we brought in a lot of a lot of outside help, like LeBron and AD are the main impetus for like right. that title. Mm-hmm. But like Kuzma's on that team and Caruso's on that team and it's Mm -hmm. like it's not nothing like they were big parts of that team so especially Caruso so I think I think the mix is nice like it's just it's unreasonable to expect that like you're going to draft Steph Curry Draymond Green Clay Thompson Harrison Barnes and they're all going to contribute to an NBA title it's unreasonable (laughs) and even then none of them won finals MVP in 2015 so
1: Right. It's why THT and Austin Reeves, right. Have like a special place because the one, yeah. Yeah.
0: I even think of KCP as like a homegrown Laker, even though he had those four mm -hmm. years in Detroit, because it just felt like we got him so young, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Feels like he grew up here. He grew up Mm -hmm. into a a good player here. So yeah. Austin Reeves, THT, you're next. You've got to. Yeah. yeah, And I'm going
0: to Malik Monk is like my next KCP. I feel the same way about him. We'll see if he Uh, sticks around, but who knows? Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, but I did love the environments in these games for the playing games. Uh, I thought new Orleans and Minnesota had just awesome, awesome crowds. Uh, the East crowds were terrible, but uh, these Western conference teams that have clearly not had an opportunity to host a playoff game in so very long. And like this game is way better than like the first round when you're already down to nothing and you get to host game three, like, yeah, this is a way better atmosphere for a playoff game. So I thought it was really (laughs) cool that they got that opportunity. Um, all of the Kings fans on my timeline were like, just wait, just wait till Sacramento gets to host playing." And I, I hope for their sake, it gets to happen. But um, it was just nice to like see so many people celebrating like their teams. And like, I didn't know that the wolves and the Pelicans had this diehard fan bases, but like mm-hmm. they really wanted it and they came out and they took these wins. And it's just, I mean, it was, it was a great day for basketball. It's, that's how I feel about it.
1: Sacramento hasn't touched the playoffs in 15 years, I 16. Think now
0: it's now the longest streak in NBA history.
1: Last I feel like year, you have to they try hide
0: the clippers to wow for the longest yeah
1: that's a long time like I feel like you have to try to be that bad no like you have any to idea be... how many
0: coaches they've had in those 16 years
1: Ooh, eight
0: i think it's 13
1: 13. Oh I think goodness. it's
0: 13. I wow. could be wrong um I'll have to look it up but I think that's what it is
1: 13 coaches 16 years yeah that's that's, what, that's how it? you
0: don't get back to the playoffs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah well, I mean, we just let go of ours, uh, two, uh, a couple of days ago as well. So we're, mm-hmm. we're on our own coaching search.
0: Yeah. Maybe well. we didn't do such a smart thing either. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, I suppose that's been enough talk about teams that are not the Lakers for an ostensible Lakers podcast. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about some news in Lakerland. All right, we're back on, I love basketball, um, just in case you were listening to the first part of the show, uh, it's 11 coaches in the last 16 years, I'm sorry, 11 Sacramento Kings head coaches, still too many in my opinion for 16 years. So that's where we are. Um, as you mentioned, the Lakers did just fire their head coach, Frank Vogel. We don't need to really get into the specifics of how they fired him because everybody knows them and they've already been talked about ad nauseum on this very podcast feed. Uh, but Frank Vogel is not the only Laker who will presumably take the blame for this disaster or tire fire of a season. Another individual who has shouldered a great deal of the blame is one Russell Westbrook and Raj, just to start things off. Do you think Russ will be suiting up for the Lakers on opening night of 22, 23?
1: No, I don't think he will. And I think that press conference pretty much summed up. Oh my
0: God. What a bad Uh, press conference. (laughs) I
1: would have loved to be in the room for the, uh, the meeting with, you know, Kurt, rambis and palinka and russ and just what was said how was that you know to, how was it explained to him what went wrong this season i would just love to be in the room for that i think you know russell westbrook releasing that him and vogel didn't have a good relationship after the fact after vogel gets oh fired God. i just thought there was just no reason for that as well no i don't think he's on team next year and just the way he was speaking it just didn't did not sound like russell westbrook be on the uh will be a laker in in 2022-23
0: Frank Vogel seems like the nicest guy in the world. Why you think it's a good idea to say, I don't know what this dude's problem was with me is just a stunning lack of self-awareness, especially when he's already out the door. <laughs> like what good is this doing you, Russ? So weird.
1: does him no good.
0: Yeah. Doesn't no good. Um, I am, I'm with you. I don't think Russ will be suiting up for the Lakers for any more games. In my heart, I hope that he's not suiting up for the Lakers for any more games because I just can't take it anymore. It's been really bad. Um, and I don't, I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. So, you know, within the last three days, there's been like this cottage industry of fake trades for Russell Westbrook across the league. Uh, and I'm just curious if there are any that are particularly interesting to you that you think are one reasonable and two would benefit the Lakers in any meaningful way.
1: So I think the main, well, for me, at least, and cause I've seen a few that are kind of created this way where it's just straight salary, salary dump, right? Like the John wall, trade to me would make no sense that would be pretty pretty much you'd be giving up a first and you'd be getting john wall back which is i don't not sure if he can play or not but he wouldn't probably wouldn't play so you're just jump dumping the salary the most interesting one sabrina and i don't know if these are just wishful thinking but i mean eric Pinkus has laid these out so i think Mm -hmm. they're more legitimate than just fans making stuff up indiana and charlotte obviously who got blown out tonight mm-hmm. charlotte so you would get i would i would like your opinion on this who would you i guess what would you rather have and these are kind of pick between two poisons i guess so let's say you know you have to give up a first in both these deals but you get gordon hayward and kelly Oubre in one of these deals or terry ozier whoever you can kind of fill in there mm-hmm. and then indiana you get um, malcolm brogdon buddy healed eric King has said you can get all three in miles turner i don't see that happening so i I don't think they would give up Turner after trading Sabonis, so I feel like they might want to keep him. But let's say you get Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, and one other player, I guess, maybe to fill salary. Where would you kind of lean towards that? Are those realistic to you? Um, where, where would you kind of stand on this?
0: I think I like the Indiana option better just because I like the idea of a capable ball handler. Um, I'm not okay. certain that the Lakers will be able to bring Malik Monk back. Um, and so just a ball handler who can shoot like Malcolm Brogdon, and who can actually play some defense is, is really nice. Um, the more I talk about it, though, the more I think I actually like the Charlotte option better. Uh, just because a wing, a wing would be great. Like Gordon Hayward, you know, I realized he doesn't play all that often, but neither does Malcolm Brogdon. Like, there are problems with both of these options, very clearly. <laughs> like, there are problems with both of them. There's a reason they're available. There's a reason yes. they're available. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, I would be thrilled if the Lakers managed either of these trades. Let's put it that way, because I wanted Buddy Healed last year. I thought that was a really good idea from the Lakers. Um, looking back, I mean, I I miss Kuz more than I thought I would, he, but he's gotten better elsewhere. Like I don't know that he would have had the same sure level of production had he still been on the Lakers. Um, but yeah, just just adding more smaller guards who can't guard wings on the Lakers roster is not as exciting to me as a Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre combo. And I know Kelly Oubre is a space cadet of the highest degree. Like you look at Kent Bazemore's basketball IQ and Kelly Oubre is like right there. There's a reason why the Warriors got rid of them as fast as they could, but just their size is meaningful to me. So I think I would prefer the Charlotte option.
1: Yeah, I I go back and forth. Well, first, like, I think it's crazy. We're going to go from, John Wall to like two NBA star type players if they're healthy like
0: players
1: (laughs) (laughs) but these are really good players when they're healthy like that's that's such a step for me to take but if I can Mm -hmm. accept that yeah I would probably still I would lead Indiana I think you get I like Malcolm Brogdon a little bit better um and again I Malcolm Brogdon played 36 games this year I don't know how much was that him hurt or him just not playing because it's Indiana Gordon Hayward played 49 games this year which is actually a lot more than i thought way more
0: but he wasn't available for the plan just like he wasn't available for the plan last year
1: right so you're gonna you expect injuries with them but i think getting um i'd rather have buddy healed and kelly Oubre. I, okay I, I think it's close there but i'd rather have buddy healed um and so i would go with that but again like i think it's crazy we can get actual nba talent like how does russell westbrook sell the story going to indiana like that's where I have a trouble with. I think there has to be some self for you Russell Westbrook.
0: Imagine a worse pairing than Russell Westbrook and Rick Carlisle. I've been thinking oh, no. about this for 24 hours, like significantly thinking about it. I can't. It's the worst thing I could possibly think of. Like, remember how much Rajan Rondo and Rick Carlisle hated each other? Oh. No. Westbrook is like equally headstrong, but has more of a pedigree somehow to back it up? Uh. I mean, a point when viewing the Indian Pacers, honestly. Like, I just want to see Rick Carlisle calling a play, Russell Westbrook blowing him off, like timeouts being called before the ball gets to half court. I would not wish that upon Pacers fans, but God, it would be funny.
1: Right. And then, you know, Charlotte, you could sell the Michael Jordan, right? Russell Uh Westbrook is a Jordan athlete, so you could sell that. And then him, I guess, mentoring LaMelo, if you'd like something like that to happen, like you could have him. uh,
0: He could mentor Tyrese Halliburton too.
1: yeah that's true there's a there's a young guard on indiana as well um i don't know like to me those are that's like best case scenario though right you would agree with that like that's like the best case scenario where people are bidding for russell westbrook and (laughs) Polito gets to choose you know one of those two deals when i see these deals happen but i I think those are the best best ones coming out if
0: if mitch kopjack is coming in with Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre for Russell Westbrook in a first. Like, what are we even waiting for? Do it right now. Their season is over. It ended tonight. Let's let's get Mitch on the phone. You know, get this thing done right away because it is untenable for Russell Westbrook to remain a Laker any longer. Completely untenable. Like nobody wants him here. He doesn't want to be here. Like, forget the fact that Frank Vogel doesn't want him here. Like nobody wants him here. You just got to get him out. Um, And Gordon Hayward, again, real NBA player, Kelly Oubre, real NBA player, like filling a position of actual need for the Lakers. I mean, the fact that if this were a possibility, it's got to get done immediately. Like while we're talking here, like you just ask, I want to get off of this podcast and come up to the news that, oh, Gordon Hayward is now a Laker. Like that's what I want.
1: (laughs) Uh, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, Christian Rivas, uh, he put in the slack uh, that we would have to we might have to give up THT in this kind of deal. Would you give up? Would you put in THT in this kind of deal Um, if if it meant getting uh, let's say you don't have to give up first? We had to give up THT um, to get the Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, um, I do. And, oh, wow. OK, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> because THT to me is the same as a first round pick at this point. Like, I like him quite a bit. Yeah. But- I don't know that he's ever going to be as successful as I want him to be on a LeBron James team. Sure. So if that means you have to get rid of him, like, again, I hate that like every young Laker is gone, but at least Austin Reeves is here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Something has just refilled the young void in my heart. Uh, But yeah, I, I would give up Talon if it was that or first, if it was Talon and a first, I would have to think about it. Um, I don't know if I would do that. Russ, Talon, and a first for Gordon Hayward and Kelly O'Bray. But if it was Talon or a first, absolutely. No questions.
1: Yeah, see, we can't have our whole first segment of missing young Lakers and then you just throw THT. I kept Austin up.
0: Reeves, okay? He's <laughs> the you one I throw- like more.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a dark timeline where Austin Reeves is the one they asked for, right? Like we're like, oh, THT. Oh my God. The ten- so if
0: it's Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves in a verse, would you do it? <laughs>
1: No, I'm not trading Austin. Really? Uh, I want to. Uh, that's tough. I think it would be tough to trade our only good thing we got from this season. Like we got one good thing from the season. Trade Malik so we...
0: Monk back to the Hornets.
1: He's <laughs> Not even signed with us yet, but uh, but yeah, I don't want to trade the one thing. We got one thing from the season. So we got Austin Reeves showing that. he's. But do good. you
0: need to remember anything from this season? <laughs>
1: I feel like it'd be a Is waste if we took nothing. Is that we
0: have a takeaway from this season? Can we just wipe it away, like, and say, "No, thank you. I don't want to think about it anymore."
1: So it didn't exist. Just saying. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Um, just as long as we're on the fake trade thing, uh, I would be down with just picking up some spare parts from the Knicks too. Because they've got you a lot of Randall. size players. You know, if you could get Randall and like Burks and maybe a flyer on, like, if they were able to give up, I don't know. McBride or Reddish or something like.
1: Well, you probably have to take Fournier, who Zach Lowe calls the worst playoff player, I believe. Like he-, <laughs> he
0: really is. He's so bad.
1: <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> it's just a crazy name for a player who's been in the league this long, but the worst playoff player. And then Julius Randle would be, I think he'd be welcome. He has some, you know. I he was has... thinking
0: of this more as like, give me all of the crap wings that you no longer want to deal with type of situation. I don't want to take Julius Randle. He He's a large really? okay. onerous contract, and I don't really think he fits next to LeBron and AD.
1: Okay. Does he I fit worse than Russell Westbrook? I more of like,
0: give me Fournier, give me more dead salary, like Kemba Walker. I'll take Kemba Walker, um, and then you know, just throw in like something of interest, like a little Alec Burks or like a little Cam Reddish. Like that's what I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I, I just think Randall would be in the deal I think they wouldn't do it without him so that's probably what you that's what I think you would get but I
0: don't think he's come back to the Lakers
1: okay well, I mean he got booed in New York this year I was seeing True.
0: he and AD were teammates for a year so it's not right. like they can't play together it's just they didn't have LeBron James on that team so
1: yeah and you know alvin gentry maybe could you know come up we'll never never know as an one of the assistant. 11
0: coaches of the <laughs> sacramento kings in the last 16 years
1: yeah i don't i don't know
0: incredible 11 11 just when you think like the lakers have gotten really bad it's nice to just be able to look at someone else and be like ah at least we have it better than the kings
1: at least. That's a low, low bar though. Like that is an extreme. There was a time
0: low... when the Lakers and the Kings were just like the top two teams in the NBA then. It
1: was like 20 years ago. 16 that was... really. It <laughs> was so long ago. Like it's uh...
0: my formative years of NBA fandom were when the Kings were good. Okay. So for me looking at the Kings as a point of comparison is not as bad as it would be for anybody else.
1: That's crazy. They never made it during the DeMarcus Cousins years once, huh?
0: Mm. Nah, never. never. Oh. Well, now that we've on, ended on this just tremendously sour, bitter note of the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> Raj, you got any predictions for the uh, next two playing games? We've got Cleveland, Atlanta, and Clippers, Pelicans.
1: Ooh, I think the Hawks steal the game in Cleveland. Okay. I think the Clippers beat the uh, beat the Pelicans. Although I'll be rooting for Brandon Ingram in that game. But I'll not be the rooting for, Yeah, I'm rooting for Brandon Ingram to win, whatever that means. Like if that's him winning the actual game, then then yeah. But I hope Brandon Ingram wins. I'm just not sure they'll be able to to beat the Clippers on the road. What do you think?
0: I want Larry Nance to dunk on a Avita Zubac. That's all I want. In both playing games is the only thing I'm looking forward to seeing. <laughs> I realize it is unlikely because. In the minutes that Larry Nance is playing, Zoo will probably be off the court. But mm-hmm. given their long history of teasing each other and the fact that, like, Larry posted a picture of him and Zoo on Father's Day last year, uh, that's what I want. I want a dunk of one on the other. Ideally, Nance on Zoo, but Zoo on Nance, I would also tolerate.
1: There's a weird universe. I remember, like, when uh, the 80 trade negotiations went down, I think during the All Star break or mm-hmm. during the trade deadline. Zubach was in the first, Correct. I believe, uh, iteration of that deal. So it's a weird universe where like Zoo is, is the starting <laughs> start, center for New Orleans with Brandon which would be not as painful as what I'm watching right now with the Clippers. So.
0: Agreed. it's uh, It sucks that they're all, all over the place, <laughs> all doing well, while the Lakers are not even in the plan. The Lakers who oh. went 13-30 and on national television. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. That they let a team go on national TV and lose 30 times is such an indictment of NBA programming. It's crazy.
1: Because we watch, Serena. That's why. Because, because we watch. We, I mean, we yes. do.
0: I, I, every time.
1: Every I time we watch. We're going to keep getting views. So and then we keep doing up.
0: pressure cookers and all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, I am probably going to go with Atlanta and the Pelicans, um, but I'm just rooting for like one road team to win. I think it's fun if at least one road team wins. Hopefully we get some good atmospheres. I think it'll be nice for Cleveland to have a playoff game. I'm I'm thinking that'll be a really good, uh, really good setting in Cleveland. I don't expect the Clippers going to be as lit, but you know, it is what it is.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I hope they're both close. At least I hope we get some good games. I hope we get some good games.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week talking about Lakers and Lakers adjacent stuff on this podcast, but make sure you're subscribed to the silver screen and roll network for shows about the NBA at large. I would say for the rest of the off season and, you know, select Lakers stuff. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next week.